1: Welcome to On The Bench. I am your host for this instant reaction emergency podcast episode of OTV Brendan Sinone. Fellas, the Seminoles got themselves a five-star wide receiver. Holy shit. Can I get a little enthusiasm, Zach? Can I get a let's go?
2: Let's go, man. This is huge for Florida State. Um, Man, it's been a long time since Florida State's got a commitment like this. I mean, obviously, they had a guy like Sam McCall last cycle, but... This, this just is different, right? Like they, they beat out like some pretty big-time schools in this recruitment, um, and, and it's really going to help Florida State on the recruiting show.
1: Chris, who the hell did Florida State just get a commitment from?
2: Hakeem Williams, five-star according to the
0: composite, four-star according to 247, but he's in the top 32, so very good chance he ends up a five-star in the end with us as a company. Uh, wide receiver, Stranahan High School. He's a big, big kid, looks like a basketball body, moves really well, gets on the field, catches it, runs like a running back after he catches the ball, which is probably my favorite trait of his, his entire skill set. Uh, it's huge. Um, kudos to Omar Graham, Ron Dugans, Mike Norvell, FSU having a passing offense, Jordan Travis. I mean, there's a whole lot of kudos go around. Uh, Rising, Spirit Rising or Spear or something <laughs> of that sort. of also <laughs> deserves a little love. This was a recruitment where FSU understood from the onset that they had a puncher's chance, they were in it, they needed to look decent on offense, be able to throw the ball, show vertical threat, make sure they kept the relationship in a great position, and that they were willing to compete from an NIL standpoint versus the likes of a Texas AM and even to a lesser degree, a pit, who are probably the two biggest contenders to FSU. Georgia and Miami were also in there down the stretch if you wanted to round it out to a top five. But in the end, FSU beat out the fighting Jimbo's and Pitt, where he had very, very good relationships with both the previous wide receiver coach and their current wide receiver coach.
1: Mike Norvell stuffed Jimbo in a locker. That's that's all we can say about that.
2: Oh, we were keeping Jimbo out of this. What Chris happened? Chris
1: mentioned it. Chris mentioned first it. First first app state, and now this. Here we are. <laughs> You hate to see it. Uh, Do we want to start off with the recruiting process and how this kind of all unfolded, or do you want to get into like evaluating his game a little bit? Where do you guys want to start with this?
2: Let's start with the backstory.
1: All right, the backstory. So let's go about like two or three months ago because we we knew that Florida State was trying to get him on campus uh, and going to try to get him on campus multiple times in the summertime. Uh, But I think collectively we felt kind of skeptical like whether Florida State could land someone of this magnitude and whether it was going to be worth kind of the investment you were making with time and resources to get Hikeem on campus multiple times. I think I was a little bit on the optimistic side, but just collectively, like we've seen this play out before. Uh, so Zach, I'll start with you. Like, how did this all kind of shake down to to today, Hikeem picking Florida State?
2: Yeah, well, I'm going to point to that, that end of July visit. He was on campus at FSU for about four days. Um, that was his first visit to campus since being there in March. And that was kind of like the March visit was like after he won like a state basketball title, I believe. And then he came up the next day and just kind of spent a few hours with the staff. But, but that end of July visit really felt like an official to me. Um, That's kind of how it was treated uh, on his end. So he was there with some family members, watched multiple FSU practices. And if you look at a lot of his comments that he, that, you know, date back to that visit and even past that um, like recent interviews, he's done. He always quotes about, how hard he saw Florida state working in practice and how that impressed him a ton. So I think that visit is really what swayed this recruitment, right? Like over the summer, um, if you, if you followed, you know, kind of where things were with his recruitment, it was all Georgia, all Texas A&M, some Miami, some Pitt, um, But those were the main two schools. Texas A&M was the, the constant in this, but Florida state really took a charge um, at that late end of July visit um, and, and, then, and then to use a Chris Neism here, I think that Florida State checked off almost every box. for Heke, Right? So he, I have feel the like he, be, he might be a future box checker. Just saying.
1: Chris, yeah. please don't interrupt Zach. People don't like Hopefully. it when people get interrupted on this show. Shut your mouth, Brandon, mind.
2: can you stop interrupting me? Thank you. Um, no! <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so Hakeem, so Florida State enters the 2022 season, right? Mike Norvell's kind of not in the hot seat, but he needs to win. Um they go out first three weeks, win three games, they're 3 and 0. Um they obviously have this game against Boston College. They have a good shot at going 4 and 0. But that's the first box checked. Hykeem goes to the FSU versus LSU game in New Orleans and watches FSU beat a talented LSU team uh, in dramatic fashion, right? We all know what happened in that game. Hykeem was there. He was on Bourbon Street after seeing all the FSU fans celebrate. Um, recognize him in public um so i mean, that was just huge and then he has the obviously the great relationship with ron dugans his position coach along with head coach mike norvell who's you know personally taking a charge in recruiting him i remember mike norvell was kind of um you know personally involved with his visit when he made it to campus a ton like more than any other recruit this cycle that i've seen so i think almost every box was checked and then obviously from the nil side rising spear um you know they have everything settled for when he gets on campus. Obviously, they can't, you know, promise anything. Um, but but Rising Spears, you know, inset. And I think hiking was was comfortable with with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think Florida State did everything they needed to do up until this point to land this commitment. Um, and, and it's just it, it's unprecedented um, for, from my covering my time covering Florida State. Um, so it's just really cool to see this all come together, especially um, in season.
1: Zach mentioned their relationship with Ron Dugans uh, during that late summer visit. I think that was the first time, fellas, that I was like, "Oh, this is like legit, legit." Watching the body language and the two of them interact with each other. Then we spoke to Hakeem briefly uh, during that visit as well. But like, you could tell he was engaged. He was really taking in the process. There were some other big time players that were uh, visiting around that same stretch that weren't uh, soaking it in quite to the same extent. So like, just just seeing the way Hakeem was interacting with. Uh, his future position coach to me like just reading into like the little details of a visit like i was like oh florida state's like in legitimate striking distance here
0: another little detail worth mentioning exact reference the visit after the basketball state championship fsu had him do a photo shoot with basketball related stuff which is just a nice little touch for a kid where the game's significant to him. those kind of things they pile up they matter so this recruitment really, Hakeem's been on this journey known as life with us for about 21 months now. FSU offered him in January of 2021. If I recall correctly, the first time I remembered him getting him on campus was July of that year. They got him back immediately after for a game in September. They've got him back here multiple times in 2022. Obviously crunch time in his recruitment. You know, the official is expected to happen down the road. They had them on campus here recently for the late July visit that you guys were referencing, had them back in September for the game at LSU, obviously not in Tallahassee, but still around the program, still around the energy of what's going on. Also an unofficial visit, the back in March one that we were talking about with basketball. It's just, it points to in recruiting relationships still matter, among many other things that also matter. But FSU did a, fantastic job of building a relationship here and it's not one person this wasn't a one-man church this was a group effort dugans played a huge part as position coach guy who recruits the area mike norvell played a huge part as a head coach the offensive-minded guy but there's so many other little pieces along the way ryan is a guy that has a relationship with the young man there's many many others that we can mention within the fsu hierarchy who played a role in this recruitment And i think in the end it kind of took the whole village and proof of concept and other things for FSU to win out here. But they did a phenomenal job of kind of picking a battle they could win with an extremely high-tier target. FSU hasn't competed for a target of this caliber in the high school ranks in the Mike Norvell era, and there's a variety of reasons for that. NIL is one of them. I'm saying in the sense of landing them and hopefully landing them on campus because, yes, they had Travis Hunter. I know. Sorry. Sorry did to bring they, up Travis Hunter on this one. Sorry. Did
1: they? Yeah. Uh, way to go, Chris. Way to bring down I'm, the vibe. I'm just
0: saying it's a matter of FSU kind of understood what it was going to take to win this in the end. And over a 21 month span, they got those things done and you, that's just an impressive thing.
1: You know what this Chris, you bring up the basketball story and then it taking a village it, it jogged my memory here and uh, a little bit of a spoiler. Alert. Oh, someone turn off their, come on, Zach. Is that Gabby? I want
2: you to stop speaking. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, so now you have an <laughs> alarm to
1: interrupt me. Uh, it reminds me in many ways of the Keldrick-Falk commitment in that uh, the basketball side was kind of related on things. Um, like Actually, Keldrick-Falk's basketball team, I don't think we ever shared this, his basketball team visited Florida State without Keldrick. I think Keldrick was doing something else. The basketball team was down there for a Leonard Hamilton camp, and while they were visiting, uh, they went and they checked out the football facilities. Multiple coaches. Uh, I think Chuck Canner was there. There were a few others, uh, apparently showed them around, spent like an hour with the basketball team, the basketball coach. uh, Again, nothing football related. It was that level of detail and like just being open and willing to accommodate time and whatnot to people around Keldrick that, like, I, when, when Dane and I went out up there uh, to, to South Alabama for Keldrick's commitment, uh, the basketball coach had an FSU bracelet on. And I was like, oh, is that a hint of what's going to happen today? He was like, no. He's like, I just really, love florida state i love the basketball program and he's not even i don't think a fan was just like really appreciated the way the program had treated uh people at at highland home Um, and i think that paints a good
0: picture of how they recruit i mean they they do a very good job we had a stunted vision of what they were able to do because of covid it shut it down for so long that they weren't able to do those in-person relationship builder moments and it was just such a unique landscape especially for a staff that came from elsewhere to have to recruit this area Once things open up, it has been abundantly clear since that time that they know how to build relationships. They know how to recruit kids. They know how to evaluate the kids they want to recruit. I'm talking both on the field and how they're going to fit into the locker room and into the personality of their football team and the culture of what they're trying to establish here and sustain. It's just impressive to me. I think they're very, very good at what they do. They keep stacking victories. You know, this is on the heels of Blake Nicholson a couple days ago. Those are two really, really good gets where they fought real, real good battles against schools that have consistently recruited at a higher level than FSU in the last handful of years. I think it's a very, very good premonition for what the future holds for this program, presuming they
2: continue to trend upwards on the field as they have this season. Is Brennan okay? Um, I think we should get into the scouting report of Hakeem. Uh,
1: I may have lost Uh lost all that audio, Mike. my thing, my computer just like went crazy while Chris was talking. I could see you guys. I couldn't hear you. Um, we'll see. We'll see on the edit. This is an instant reaction. So it may not be clean. If we had to cut out some of what Chris said, I uh, we guess we'll have to cut out some of what Chris said. Now Chris is
0: muted. This is. No, I knew I was muted. I was just cursing while I was muted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to curse too. I'm going to mute myself and say some things. Go ahead, Zach.
2: Now I was just saying we should get into the scouting report. I know Chris, I don't know if you guys heard it was getting into a little bit of about Hakeem's game earlier. Um just kind of talking about how when he catches the ball, he kind of runs like a running back. I mean he's a full six, three, 200 two hundred pound guy, but he he moves like he's not that big. Like he he is silky. Um I I just think he's he's definitely one of the best receivers in this class. Obviously the rankings suggest that. Um and he his game has just changed so much. I've known him since um you know when Florida State was recruiting his teammate Omar Graham um, a and High School uh, teammate, who's now a freshman linebacker at Florida State, um, they they took a visit to FSU, both of them during the COVID year. Um, they were on campus. They made like their own um, visit because obviously at that time you couldn't visit with the staff, so they were just touring campus with their high school coaches. And and I met up with them and talked to them then. That was, I think, back in what 2020, 2021. It was like the spring of 2021, but. Man, he's just changed so much, he put on some good weight. Um, I think even you know, he he could even fill out a little bit more at the, uh the college ranks. Um, getting getting him in a nutrition plan, a, a full weight program like will be really good. And and man, I'm just super impressed with Hakeem. I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on on you know the nuances of his game and what impresses you guys. But but man, I'm I'm just I'm stoked about this commitment. I think this could he could be a real game changer for Florida State.
0: So it's funny, I I like to, when we do this sometimes, I like to literally watch the highlights again in real time while talking about it. So it just went to his huddle. The one highlight on there currently is from Coconut, for this season, it's from Coconut Creek game. It's 13 (laughs) seconds, and all it is is him drive blocking a guy about 20 yards downfield.
1: Didn't the guy kind of try to talk trash to him or point out, like at the start of the clip too? Or maybe it was Hakim who did it. Either way, someone was isolated and targeted, and it was just freaking search and destroy.
0: How much do you think Mike Norvell is going to love that clip? Because that man loves a receiver that will put somebody's backside into the ground. But to digress and get back to the actual scouting report, I love him. I think he's awesome. I I think the way the kid runs after he catches a football is everything you want in a receiver. You want a receiver to either be able to just so stretch out the field and separate from people because he's that exceptionally fast that he does that. You know, Dolphins fan here, Tyreek Hill, for example. Hykeem's plenty fast, but he's not that thing I love about Hakeem is that he's very good at creating space, catching the ball, catching it cleanly, and then what he can do after the catch. I absolutely love it. I I think the way he moves with a ball in his hand, for what Mike Norvell loves to scheme up with an offense, both in his prior jobs and his current job, I I think he's a massive fit for them. Uh, They don't have a guy who has been able to do what he is. It's, It's amazing. It's like you take the size and catch radius that Johnny Wilson brings to the table, and it's not quite as good. Because he's not quite as long and lanky as Johnny, but he's still a big kid. And you combine it with some of those small man features of like a Micah Pittman who could work to the middle of the field and make people miss. You combine those two things into a big body, you can, can consistently catch it, keep it off the ground. That's a hell of a skill set. Um, I'm a big fan of the kid. I think, yeah, you know, FSU's needed to hit in the high school ranks at the wide receiver position for a long time, the last three staffs now have needed to do that. And I think this kid is as good of a hit as FSU has had through the high school ranks in a really long time at that position.
1: You know, Chris mentioned Mike Norville probably enjoying watching that blocking clip. Ron Dugans, too, because Ron Dugans uh, prided himself as a as a blocker. And it, real quick, shout out to Ron Dugans, like someone who's gotten criticism, fan base on this podcast. Uh, his wide receiver unit is playing phenomenally right now. I think ranked right second nationally in PFF grades, uh, having – talent on hand to utilize like certainly helps but he's coached them really hard this year and what he's done on the recruiting trail this relationship with Hakeem williams like i mean nicely done um uh, tip on
0: the dugan's point i think it's fair to point out he's had something better to sell yeah yeah it's tough and it's his job to recruit that's part of the job regardless of what the circumstances are that's why you're hired you're supposed to go try to make things better by recruiting but having a passing game to show kid, having vertical passing attack success with two quarterbacks on this season is something you show kid, and it definitely matters. And it's that
1: up. that put FSU ahead in the final three weeks or so of this recruitment. I think Florida State at the start of the season would have been the team for Hakeem, but you basically closed the door because of how your wide receivers have performed and how your passing game has looked through three games and how the other teams in the mix passing games haven't looked, which is an important part of this as well, Jimbo. Uh, but back to the way I think that Mike Norvell wants to utilize him, like that, that clip of a senior year that's on, on the huddle right now, uh, that's got to have coaches excited. But then you look at just the junior year highlights, that is when you talk about an offense made for playmakers, built for playmakers, that's what we're talking about. Hakeem Williams is someone who you can throw a screen pass to, get right at the line of scrimmage, and he can house it. He's someone who can go and high point the ball and be super aggressive downfield. Uh, take an intermediate pass and, and like, I like Johnny Wilson off the RPO the other day. Take an intermediate pass and, and all of a sudden it goes 69 yards, nice downfield. There's just so many things I think as a play caller, you watch Hiking Williams, you start dreaming of, start wondering, you know, can we do this? Could we do that? It's been a while since FSU has had someone who can do everything. Uh, it's been a while since Mike Norvell's had it. Honestly, it reminds me a lot of what Antonio Gibson was uh, his his final year at Memphis. From a build perspective, Antonio Gibson, 6'2", 220. Hakeem, 6'3", probably closer to 6'4". Currently, 200, 205, with obviously the frame to keep getting to 220 range. So physically, you going to be very similar to Antonio Gibson from a skill set perspective, vertical threat, able to win contested passes downfield. But then someone who can play running backs, someone who can get the ball in jet sweeps, screens, whatnot. Like there is just... Uh, the cup runneth over for how you can utilize high Williams, all that in mind guys, like I think you have to find a way to get him the ball early in his career at Florida state. I know we'll talk about that as the dust settles, as uh, you make sure you actually ink him because that'll be the final thing we talk about. So this is probably going to be a long-term recruitment until December, but you know, right now you can start planning and start selling him on like, Hey, this is how we'll use you. Uh, this is, this is what we're doing. I just, man, it's, it's so refreshing to be able to talk about a, a player of this caliber of this stature uh, because I think you have an unlimited amount of options for how you can scheme around him or with him.
0: And on the point of how he runs like a running back, if you go to a mid season highlights from last year, I believe it's the second clip. It's a little, basically step forward, dip back, quick screen. And he takes off. he works middle to outside left. He runs like a running back. I mean, it, it literally looks like the dude took a pitch and just went, it is awesome to watch. He, he listed himself last year, if I recall correctly, at 6'4", 205. We've seen him enough in person. He's a big kid. He's a thick, good frame, tall kid with good length, good speed. The the traits are just very, very good across the board for what he's capable of doing. But he doesn't play like this big, thick, could he become a tight end kind of, kind of guy. He plays like an athletic wide receiver who's extremely good after the catch. I absolutely love what he brings to the table after the catch.
1: Debo Samuel-esque, like if that's your, your pro comp, uh, potentially, I think that's someone that, you know, the upside of what he could become. And when we're talking about a five-star recruit, we're talking about a first-round caliber prospect. Like I try not to be hyperbolic to, to compare a, a high school senior to an NFL pro, but just from the tools perspective, like that's that's what you envision his ceiling being as is, is someone of that magnitude and that sort of usage as well. Uh, so, so, Zach, let's talk about the recruitment and what happens from here for Florida State. Obviously, you feel really good about this today. Uh, it deserves celebration for the staff. Uh, but you're from South Florida. You have a 954 area code. You know how these recruitments go. Uh, this, this one is probably not a uh, – there's going to be some more action along the way uh, before December.
2: Yeah, so Hakeem's used two official visits already to Georgia and Pittsburgh. He used those in the month of June. That means he has three officials left. We believe that he's trying to use his FSU official um, closer to December. That's when FSU would prefer to get most of their guys in. Um, they, they don't want to really burn them in the season. They want to be, you know, probably that last official visit, if if possible, for all the guys they're after, including their commits. So,
1: Which you should be able to dictate now yeah. for Hakeem, right? If he's not willing to do that last one, then then you know there's something awry. So that's yeah. that's good that FSU's in that pole position to set that up.
2: Definitely. So, um, my guess would be, you know, obviously he's going to use one on Florida State. And then the other two will probably go to Miami and uh, Texas A&M would be my guess. Um, I, I think def, definitely Texas A&M. But, you know, we'll, we'll get up with him and see if he still plans to use officials. Obviously, um, I'm sure that'll change um, depending on kind of how the season unfolds. Maybe um, that could be a factor. Um, but but I definitely don't think that the recruitment is done. Obviously, Jimbo Fisher and, and the rest of the, the schools and, and coaches after him are not just going to let up. Ikeem's that good of a player that you're you're going to recruit him all the way until he he signs. Um, it, it would be a disservice um, for for any of those schools to give up. Um, but but yeah, I think he's he's locked in on Florida State. Um, I think he's comfortable with, with everything they've got going on right now. Um, Florida State obviously has to continue having um, a, a you know solid season. Um, they can't just you know completely lay an egg the rest of the year. But I think they've set themselves up really well early on um, to kind of. Maybe weather the storm, obviously, Florida State will be going into kind of a tough, tougher stretch over the next few weeks with Wake, NC State, Clemson, and a few other schools um, coming up on the schedule. Um, but right now, I, I think um, he's locked in and and will obviously keep you guys covered um, when or if he schedules any other official visits.
1: Anything else, fellas? Is that everything I think we touched on everything?
2: Well, I mean, we can hit real quick
0: on the receiver position. So FSU will lose Pokey after this year because he's a redshirt senior, right? I think he is the only one that's guaranteed departure. Uh, Well, I'm sorry, Keyshawn Helton falls into that category too. a redshirt, Yeah, I think he's a redshirt senior. He might uh, have –
1: there are different classes, and with COVID, it's hard to tell. He might have a redshirt year to to apply for.
0: He's listed as a redshirt senior. Let me put it that way. So those are two that you're guaranteed to lose. We're going based off roster listing. They're going to replace them with Hikeem, Dre Jacobs, who I'm um, fan club president, and Goldie hey, Lawrence. Dre. Very, very good player. They went into portal last year and got four, and so far we've seen two pan out very well. One we wholeheartedly know is capable of doing it and Winston Wright, and Deuce Spann's developmental type, who's shown some flashes. And truthfully, feels a little ahead of schedule based on what we thought coming out of spring. That room suddenly is pretty good. Like it's weird how in 24 months, essentially looking at next season, it has gone from being a massive liability that couldn't win one-on-ones to being a room that you feel a whole lot better about. Some of that's also the development of the middle guys, the guys who are already here or who still here. Guys like uh, you know, Tron, for example, who's starting to show more consistency in practice day to day, Malik. McLean, yeah, who had big touchdown catch and had an excellent day yesterday, or I'm sorry, on uh Wednesday in practice. So those are a couple guys that you look at. It's just funny how we keep seeing these rooms kind of flip. Linebacker is well-documented. Receiver, here we are.
2: It, it, it's like they three. can
1: develop players. Holy shit.
2: And also evaluate players. And now maybe recruit players.
1: Now they yeah. have that aspect as well. Wow. You start That's
0: putting good. it all together, it can happen really, really fast. I don't it's know if they take it on a receiver. Um you know, I think they'll keep a couple guys warm from the high school ranks. I certainly think they'll take a look at the JUCO, or I'm sorry, the transfer portal. If there's a guy that does something different than what they have, that they think can diversify that room further and help with further depth, we've always seen that they're not scared of adding depth if they think it helps them. But it, you know, they had the hit on a receiver. You know, Jalen Brown was a big target for them. Went to LSU. They're still in that, but only to a degree. Hakeem, they land. There were others along the way. It's Schulte, just impressive Schulte that Shelton Samson. Samson's a good example, yeah. yes. But again, home state kids stayed in his home state. Not a shocker. there, mm-hmm. But it's important that FSU just keeps winning enough battles to keep improving the overall ceiling of the talent of the roster because we've learned that they can take what they have and develop it and make it better. And if you keep increasing that ceiling, then what the ceiling of potential for what a team can accomplish in the season will go up accordingly.
1: And the idea of like, we've talked about this, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, on the roundtable show a couple of weeks ago, the idea of like the transfer portal and look what that's done for the wide receiver room, uh, kind of as a side here, but like, if this continues, if FSU sitting at three, and zero right now, you we'll know, win seven, eight plus games this season. And the transfers are a huge role of it. Like you can, it, you can go to someone and be like, you're going to be the next Johnny Wilson to another wide receiver in the transfer portal. You can say you're going to be the next Jermaine Johnson or Jared verse. You can say you're going to be the next Fabian It. You can say you're going to be the next Jamie Robinson. You're going to say you could be the next Jordan Travis. Like the, the transfer portal has bolstered this roster in such a profound, like I don't know if any program has benefited more from the transfer portal in the last couple of seasons than Florida State. Yeah, Michigan
0: I, State is one that comes to mind last year. Had a nice spike from it. But yeah, FSU has definitely shown that they're capable of, one, evaluating transfers, but two, bringing them in and actually putting them in a position to succeed, succeed and also improving them. So, uh, I think if you ask Jared Verse, he will tell you he's a hell of a lot better football player today than when he arrived on campus. Johnny Wilson would probably tell you the same right now, too. He's certainly a much more confident football player than when he arrived on campus. There's something to the magic of what they're doing with those guys that, yeah, it will pay off for them.
1: It, some of that kind of keeps building on itself. And now you're starting to see that in the in the high school ranks a little bit. Uh, the The two other things that I guess I thought of that I want to say before we go – one, I guess Shelton Sampson and Jalen Brown, I don't think those are done deals yet. Like I think Florida State will continue to push for both those guys throughout the season. I see my internet starting to waver here. If I start going gargly, let me know, fellas. Uh, the other thing, I think this is a really important aspect that I don't think a lot of people have considered so far. You have Hiking Williams in the boat. Uh, you can start talking to quarterback prospects and have him help recruit for you, um, whether that's circling back around to someone like a Brock Glenn, uh going over some new guys on the board. Ricky Collins, I doubt, just with the LSU connection there in Louisiana. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like with the quarterback board, but you now have an extra chip to play uh, in that recruiting battle. And, and I think that's an important aspect to, to note as well.
2: Yeah, I think there's also a recruiting impact um, in South Florida. Hiking Williams is a really liked kid in South Florida. I think that people don't really know is that in high school football in South Florida, kids are moving high schools literally every year. It's really rare to find a prospect, especially a high caliber one like Hakeem Williams, that's been at the same high school for all four years of his tenure. Um, that's Hakeem. He's been at Stranahan High School. Stranahan's not a powerhouse. Yeah, I mean, people might think so because Omar Graham came out uh, this past cycle. But literally, I think they maybe have one other or two other D1 level prospects, not guys that are like ranked or anything, just D1 level guys. So for hiking to stay there all four years, I think that says something about him. It's kind of rare, Um and, you know, and whether, you know, you can have an opinion on that or, or not. Um, but but it's rare. And, and for me, in my opinion, I think that's a good thing um, shows that, you know, he's got loyalty um, he, he committed to, to to going to Stranahan. Stayed there all four years. He could have easily gone to another South Florida powerhouse, um, like any other, you know, any of these other kids do. But, um, but yeah, like like I was saying, I think this could have a recruiting impact in South Florida. I don't know if it, it, you know if it'll help FSU a ton in the 23 class. There are a few guys that I want to note: Damari Brown at American Heritage and Ruben Bain at Miami Central, both still fsu targets still guys that fsu would like to host on official visits later this season or in december um i think that the the commitment of hiking williams shows that fsu is legit in recruiting in south florida and it might you know just raise an eyebrow on those uh, in those two guys and maybe you know giving them give them a little bit more interest in florida state um and and i think fsu has a good shot of, of getting those two guys on officials you know it'll it, it's to be seen i think miami's uh, involved heavily in those two recruitments but um, I think this only helps FSU down there.
1: Can we all raise our eyebrows collectively right now?
2: Can you raise one eyebrow at a time?
1: No, I can't. I've tried. You can? Wow.
2: I can move I- my pecs
1: one at a time but I can't move my eyes one at a time. I'll tell you what, I can move one at a time.
2: <laughs> Alright, let's end this thing.
1: <laughs> for On the Bench, I'm Brendan Thanks to Zach Blossing, Chris Nee for joining me. Uh, Jimbo, we love you. Uh, nicely done, everyone involved with the hiking Williams recruitment. Congrats to Florida State; just a, a huge win for the Seminoles. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah.